0: Today is Tuesday, October 17th, and you're listening to The Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm Amanda Duberman, filling in for Sammy Sage, and The Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take aside and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. This episode is brought to you by Quince. Quince has become my go-to destination for high-quality, everyday basics at affordable prices, sourced from ethical factories. Items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because Quince cuts out the cost of middlemen, passing the savings on to us. So check out their awesome pieces at quince.com morning for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. We'll start with an update to one of yesterday's stories. People were anxiously watching ever-changing and confusing news about the Rafah border crossing from Southern Gaza into Egypt yesterday. Though multiple reports suggested the crossing, which is controlled by Egypt, would briefly open on Monday morning for aid to enter and people to evacuate, those who traveled to the area were not able to cross, nor did it appear that aid was permitted to enter to alleviate the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. This was despite guidance sent by the U.S. Embassy in Israel and the U.S. State Department notifying American citizens in Gaza to prepare to exit via the crossing. The White House stated later on Monday that it was still working with diplomats to coordinate with Egypt to allow aid and people to move through the area. Other exit routes controlled by Israel are closed, which the government says is required to ensure Israeli safety and prevent the flow of Hamas weapons and fighters. Multiple factors contribute to Egypt's reluctance to open the crossing, which include economic and national security concerns. Egyptian officials also say that Israel's strikes to the areas around the crossing have impeded their ability to open it. As of Monday evening, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu stated that no ceasefire had been agreed upon. American officials remained engaged in efforts with Egypt to open the crossing. Fighting has escalated on Israel's front with Lebanon early this week. Hezbollah and the Israeli army have traded fire in the days since Hamas's brutal October 7th attack, with leaders signaling a willingness to engage further. Yesterday, the Israeli military ordered people living in two dozen communities close to the border to evacuate and confirmed it was striking Hezbollah targets in Lebanon. Though the U.S. and other nations are in a diplomacy marathon to avoid further escalation and involvement of others in the region, the U.S. has deployed two of its largest aircraft carriers to the eastern Mediterranean in anticipation of rising tensions. Rising they are. On Monday, Iran's foreign minister suggested in a televised statement that the country was considering an imminent action against Israel. On Monday evening, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said that President Joe Biden would travel to Israel tomorrow on Wednesday. The president's visit comes amid escalating tensions between Israel and its neighbors and a worsening humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Hamas released a video yesterday of Mia Shem, a French-Israeli woman who was abducted during the terrorist group's attack and is being held hostage in the Gaza Strip. The 21-year-old, whose family told CNN they had approved media publication of the video, is visibly injured in the video and states that she, quote, just asks that I am returned as fast as possible to my family, to my parents, and to my siblings. The video includes other footage, likely intended to make Hamas look like it was treating hostages humanely, despite the group's brutal rampage that resulted in the deadliest day in Israeli history. According to metadata analyzed by multiple publications, the footage was filmed at least six days earlier. Mia Shem is one of at least 199 hostages who remain held captive by Hamas. Now, we will return to the United States Capitol, where Republicans will attempt once again to elect a Speaker of the House whose role is critical to legislation impacting international affairs. Sources suggested progress has been made in convincing enough Republicans to elect Congressman Jim Jordan as Speaker, with one Republican congressman telling NBC News that he's within five to 10 votes of the 217 required to win the election for Speaker. However, other Republicans in the House are maintaining a hard line against Jordan, so it's really anyone's guess what will happen during today's full House vote. Opponents of frontrunner Jim Jordan of Ohio have pre-gamed the hopefully less than 15-round vote with sharp and well-earned critiques for the congressman. Former D.C. police officer Michael Fanone said that Jordan is, quote, an insurrectionist and election denier who, quote, has no place being second in line to the presidency due to his role in publicly undermining the 2020 election result, which, of course, contributed to the January 6 attack on the Capitol. That is where Fanone suffered a heart attack and a traumatic brain injury. Former Ohio State University wrestlers, who say Jordan ignored rampant sexual abuse of student-athletes by a team doctor, have also called him unfit for the position. I would say that Jim Jordan is punching above his weight and his ambitions for speaker, but when I envision it, it's more like a pathetic little slap. Judge Tanya S. Chutkin, the D.C. judge presiding over Trump's federal election interference trial, granted a gag order against the former president yesterday. The order prohibits the former president from making statements targeting prosecutors, court staff, or potential witnesses. This is likely intended primarily to prevent Trump from ongoing truth social attacks and smears of prosecutor Jack Smith, which seem to be a central part of the four-time indicted Florida resident's campaign strategy. Anticipating Trump's lawyers' claims that the order restricted the Republican presidential candidate's ability to speak freely about his campaign, Judge Tutkin stated that Trump is welcome to engage in the normal actions and speech required of a political campaign, but that his First Amendment rights, quote, do not allow him to launch a pretrial smear campaign against participating government staff, their families, and foreseeable witnesses. If Trump engages in that behavior, he faces fines and even jail time. This is Trump's second gag order in the span of one month. Weird that the leader of the Republican Party so perfectly epitomizes a verbal sentiment borrowed from the queer community. He's just gagged. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. And thanks again to our partner, Quince. Quince is my new favorite place to purchase high quality everyday basics at affordable prices sourced from ethical factories. Items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because Quince cuts out the costs of middlemen passing the savings on to us. So check out their awesome prices at quince.com slash morning for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Batches Medium. Until tomorrow, I'm Amanda Duberman, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Batches.